Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Evil Man. Hey, I'm Chris. And that would make me Mike. And I'm James. And we're joined uh, this episode by a very special guest, and I'm talking about Jackie Pirico. Hi, Jackie. Hi, everyone. How is everyone? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, let me ask you. Okay. You put a couple slices of cow cheese on the table with some crackers. Yeah. Can we eat that yeah, while we for, talk? Of course. That's for eating. And you know what? It's laughing cow, so it's very soft. Laughing so cow. That's yeah. what I meant. It's not like... So it's like brie, right? Yeah, yeah. And the cows laugh when you make it. And they're laughing. They're laughing <laughs> all the way to the bank. You're going to eat that shit? That's from my tits. <laughs> you know, unfortunately... <laughs> Unfortunately, the Laughing Cow logo, it looks inviting because it's a smiling laughing cow, but in actuality, I believe that if that happened in real life, that cow would be put down for having mad cow disease. <laughs> well, if you look closely, very red. Yeah, yes. if you look closely at the logo, there is a tear forming in one of the cow's <laughs> eyes. And if you see the full drawing, there's a farmer holding a gun a few feet away from the cow, preparing oh, yeah. to stop laughing. <laughs> I don't want to have to do this, but if you keep laughing, the cow's also wearing earrings. Um, if you look closely, and the earrings are uh, the laughing cow, like a disc of laughing cow. But from far away, doesn't it look like almost like Sinbad? Like the cow looks <laughs> the sort of sailor like, or the actor? Um, oh shit! Uh, whichever one had like gold earrings. Okay, that's the, the, the actor. Sailor. Oh, <laughs> actually, both. I mean, by the way, we should mention Jackie is a comedian, a hilarious yeah. comedian. We know we Jackie really very well. Yep. We do shows together all the time at Laugh Sabbath and yep. more. Yep. You have an album out? I do, yeah. It's called Dream Phone, available on all stream stores. And Jackie's also a great Instagram follow. We'll yeah. put oh, the link you. in the bio. We'll have those links. And also, is it? I'm just realizing now, did we all record albums at a venue that uh, sh- it no longer exists? We did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're all Ossington fellows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're album orphans. Yeah. Aww. No more albums. That's right. And you said it was it streams everywhere. Well, I remember when streams were just a place I would take a girl to try and neck. <laughs> oh, you, Chris, <laughs> you were a necker in, in high school. That's very yeah. Van Morrison of you to take a girl to the stream yeah. to neck. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Van Morrison, he's a good guy. Eh? <laughs> Chris, when you were a teen, did you think necking was as that was the sort of pinnacle of? Romance? I never liked saying necking actually, like, because no, it's, it it's felt like disgusting. you were wrapping your necks around each other and rubbing your necks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think my mom said it. Were you necking? And uh, it was like, no. Why did I was that come fucking, to? to I was fucking babes, mom. <laughs> the stream (laughs) but why is it necking i guess because when you're really going for it with a kiss like you're kind of your neck is moving it sounds like a term made up by like an unexperienced like priest (laughs) these teenagers are necking rubbing their damn necks together that satan's watching and then in his mind necking is like two people just sitting across from each other and one leans over and kisses one's neck the other leans over and kisses their neck. <laughs> and it's a sin. Yeah. Christ hates this. <laughs> Look at that little boy's neck. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we're all close-ish enough in generational ages. Like, the more sex becomes a yeah-yeah thing, whatever, uh, how often do you do you still like just kissing a lot? <laughs> 
Because remember, great like point. in grade six or seven, you would kiss for like three yes, hours. Yes. <laughs> but now it's like nothing. And then like when I hear people being like, "Oh, I went on a date, and like we made out forever." I'm like, "How did you make out forever? Like as an yeah. adult?" Julie Henderson is having a necking party. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, you don't like to kiss anymore. You've lot you don't enjoy kissing. You know what? As soon as I start kissing, the boner is ready to go. <laughs> How long am I supposed to stave that off? Yeah, because there's a natural progression. And when people stop at that progression, I'm like, how did you just stop? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we only made out on the first date. Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound really slutty. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I mean. When you were like a kid and you were getting into learning how to French kiss and all that stuff, and I, I will admit my. I, I think you may have been more experienced at an earlier age. I French I was. kissed for the yeah, first me time. Me too. Me too. French kissing got cool and daring in grade seven for me, to be honest. Wow. Same here. Same here. And it was okay. Julie yeah. Henderson, if we you're listening. To... And were you? Did you smoke in grade seven? You know what? I can't my... believe it was Julie Henderson all along. I actually, oh, she's doing fine. I have a theory me. that Mike and I were sort of good boys. And mm-hmm. that Chris yeah. and Jackie might have been more troublemakers. Oh, yeah. Jackie I've seen, and I are bad boys I've seen for yeah. sure. pictures We've of both of you stories. guys when you were younger. And yeah. common bad trait, you guys were both t- like uh, tween smokers, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I started smoking butts when I was like <laughs> 13. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget my first cig, and it was in the Tell dead us. of winter. And sometimes it was like the deadest, coldest of winter, and this one girl, Jessica Wyman, like had a pass, stole yeah, a pass. Yeah, let's just name everybody. <laughs> And sometimes to this day when it's really the dead of winter cold, I'll get this like flash of like a smell and it will bring me back to my first cigarette. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Those were the, it was, oh, I, I'm stuck in some of those times. Sometimes. Yeah. How did Autumn you guys, really does it. Oh, yeah. For me. How would you Autumn guys, in general is uh, the so, beginning of me becoming a, an a individual. Smoker. Oh, and I mean an individual. In many regards. Right. Yeah. How would you get a hold of cigarettes at 13? Huh. Well, this one guy, and I'm not going to name names. Tell here, us the but name. his mom was um, <laughs> quite unwell. His mom was also my mom. <laughs> his mom was very unwell cool. in the in a way that like <laughs> she would be at home, but she barely mom, knew though. that anyone was there. Okay. And we would party at his house like crazy, hotboxing his room, smoking so much weed, and we would literally and she'd be like, "Hello." <laughs> just be in the living room, in the living room, oh, doing no. not even really like aware and we would buy her cigarettes off him because she would have like cartons and cartons and cartons of um oh my god they were menthol what were they called they were menthols anyways we would just buy it was like having a cigarette store at his house the silver pack whatever um i I don't know you mean yeah they were like real mom cigarettes they were women cigarettes i know what you're talking about though because sometimes i'd be like, like try to bum a cigarette off of like a female a friend yes. and she would give me that and I'd be like meh yeah. were they, but then when you smoke it you're like what mm, in the fuck I love yeah, them were they all. Virginia Slims no they weren't Virginia Slim. oh my oh, god it's gonna good it's gonna drive though. me nuts though what they what, were what makes cigarettes women cigarettes menthol I, I think is smoked. more of a, a fe- female smoke men's cigarettes uh, have like a dick on them <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> and yeah and girls cigarettes have like a hole in the filter <laughs> <laughs> weren't they also like 
thinner and like yeah and longer, longer. but yeah. then Just later like on they came out with <laughs> <laughs> later on they came out with vogues which were like so skinny and menthol and those are gross but menthol yeah. isn't legal anymore i'm what? sorry to the people mm. listening to if we gendered cigarettes it made you feel uncomfortable. oh yeah shit sorry no no it's Wait, okay why do, why is it menthol legal anymore uh because I, it like makes them too attractive it lures children yeah. it's like how vaping flavors oh. was like a thing too yeah. probably right do you have any memories of having a relative, maybe your mom or dad, putting um, baggies of cigarettes in the freezer to keep them fresh? Friends, no. parents, yes, yes. Did your parents do that, Mike? Not my parents, but I remember my French-Canadian great-uncle John, who <laughs> fought in World War II, had six heart attacks, and was a trucker, uh, and made my Aunt Anne choose between him and her children. Uh, and she chose him and, oh, and uh, left her children with her sister, my grandmother. Well, um, he's like the most God. hardcore man ever. So it wasn't he put his, his kids, cig- obviously. He was no. a stepdad. Yeah, yes, but oh not really. God. And so he kept his ciggies in the freezer. <laughs> and did he, did he have a machine a to roll them? Like, did he roll them with story? a machine? No, no, they were like store-bought, Oh, but, oh, okay. Because when I yeah. picture a bag of cigarettes in the freezer, I think of like the people who were either buying them from the reserve which is like you would get like a oh, yes. two gallon freezer bag of cigs or rolling them. them in the oh he did get them from the reserve yeah, yeah. oh that makes sense because he was in quebec too yes um or yeah. rolling them with that machine like you yeah. get them and they go <laughs> and like some people would sit smoking a butt and rolling all those butts <laughs> it's so gross imagining opening the freezer looking for something there's a big bag of cigarettes all the smokes in there oh. imagine a nightmare scenario the power goes out and your cigarettes start to melt <laughs> <laughs> they go back. <laughs> we gotta smoke all these. <laughs> yeah. This is really evil of us for to be talking about cigarettes for so long. Yeah. Well, hey, but we're well. not endorsing them. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. They're the most dirtball things on the face of the earth. They're gross. <laughs> They're bad, bad, bad. Yes. I never smoke anymore. I smoke sometimes now if I've been doing other things. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I only smoke once in a blue moon if I'm absolutely obliterated yes. off of alcohol, which means I smoke twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep my ciggies in the freezer, and, every t- and now and then I want one, I take one out, put it in the microwave, put a craft single slice on it. <laughs> Melt the cheese onto the ciggy. Um, you have to poke holes in it first, like so it doesn't steam out. Like, yeah, exactly. Out. Oh, have you ever seen a cigarette split in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> like a sausage. <laughs> my uh, my mom smoked while she was pregnant with me. Did you guys form in a smoky womb? And you're fine. No, yeah. I think my mom didn't smoke when she was pregnant with me, but I think she didn't eat food. <laughs> Really? Whoa. Yeah, no, she was like... Just wasn't that hungry? She was like a Twiggy type. Right. Yeah. Mm, but very... she was eating food. Don't worry, Mom. I'm not like saying you have a thing. My mom is so <laughs> square. Like, she never would smoke. And she never smoked. But my dad smoked when I was a kid. But my mom, he eventually... Someone made him stop. But he was he was smoking when I was a kid in Oshawa. Really? Smoking butts. And riding right. motorcycles. And hanging out with jail friends. Wait, your dad was? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much the uh, you know the listeners know about fan favorite comedian Jackie Pirico uh, Pirico here Pirico, but like you're that is that tell that's telling a lot to me about that. <laughs> yeah. Your dad was like a bad boy. Oh, he was really bad. Yeah, he was bad. 
He, like, he, he yeah. didn't go to jail, but he worked on the line at GM in Oshawa when I was really little. Yeah. And part of his job, like he got extra work driving jail guys to yeah. to work from jail and that's fine um, because they would have like day they would do yeah. day workers so they would be let out of jail in the morning go mm-hmm. work on the line at gym and then he would drive them back but then when they like got out of jail he was like they were his friends and he became bad <laughs> and he'd have convos oh. driving them around like I don't know I wish what I they was were in jail about. too man like, <laughs> I should be there for so many things trust me hey man I'm really for- sorry I said Jaggy Pyrrhic ho and it sounded like I, was I didn't even notice oh I didn't even notice but oh. I did I did reveal that I don't just kiss on the first date. So I am a big hoe. Listeners. I think most of us are hoes at this point in our Oh, lives. I'm a huge hoe. This is a, f- a, t- a round table of raging sluts. Yes. It's true. Yes. My legs are never closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to think of a car made by a jail man. I, mean, I, I actually, sorry, I got distracted. Now I'm thinking of men lying down with their legs wide open. <laughs> I think it's funny. Offering up just like a saggy ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Your legs open. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of jail, jail guys made, made cars at GM on the line. That's cool. Yeah. So, so your dad, if you, I mean, I, we don't have to burn too deep, but so he was, he was bad. So we hung out with jail guys and got into bad behavior. So, well, I don't know di- how bad the behavior right. was, but my mom just like didn't like his new group of, um, okay, like, I don't like these friends. friends. Did he give them yeah. cakes yeah. with like nail files <laughs> in them? And, Maybe. <laughs> but made you a car with He a, was really hanging out with them a lot because files. he was, he had the side business that actually became very lucrative, lucrative for him of like flipping houses, buying a house, mm. flipping it into duplex, selling, and over and over and over. And we, would live in Your these dad houses. Your dad a flipper? Yeah, he was. Him and my mom had like a big flipping thing going on in GM. You hung out with or crooks in and flipped houses? Yeah, so we would live in the houses while they were flipping them wow. and turning them into duplex. Wow. But then his crew that he assembled to like help <laughs> with these huge projects were a lot of like, I think these jail guys. I remember one guy called Mike <laughs> the Painter and he had just had this big like biker beard and he always had white coveralls covered in paint, but he was like, had like earrings and big, and this other guy spider with like a tattoo of a spider on his like bald head. <laughs> There's a lot of I'm guys. I'm surprised he didn't lead with spider. Yeah. These are the men. <laughs> these are the men you grew up with. Yeah, but Mike, no, the like Mike, the nice. Mike the Painter was like really nice. Mike the Painter was really nice. It sounds like the band Rancid. Yeah. <laughs> the guy Tim Armstrong from Rancid has a spider web tattoo <laughs> on his head. Oh yeah, but my dad will still talk about spider. He'll say he's still. But I think spider's I dead. Miss spider. <laughs> oh, spider's. I, I believe like spider's spider dead. This year. Yeah. James, James Spider is no longer with us. Oh, I think oh, most God. of these guys. I think spider would have loved this. Um, but anyway, good, is, not so bad of guys. Not so bad of guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I ask something? Maybe because your 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 dad kind of clever businessman. Yeah, yeah, he did well on that. So, do you think that jail men helping you flip a house <laughs> is cheaper labor than <laughs> regular? Could be, but uh, but I know no, he would never. I know my dad would never. Actually, these guys, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't want to. Under, undercut off. these guys no but they'd still be grateful for any work <laughs> yeah maybe uh, yeah and, they, and they'd be ha- yeah they'd be um hard up for getting work they need <laughs> getting some dough jobs. get some ciggies yeah, every now and yeah, then yeah yeah imagine spider <laughs> going into a bank with his resume um with that beautiful tattoo on his head and just the bank manager taking one look at him and saying uh-uh spidey <laughs> That's yeah. the real Spider Man. My, my Spidey sense is tingling, and it's saying you're not going to get hired here. <laughs> and hey. it's saying, "Don't call us; we'll call you." Yeah. Maybe when they open a bank in jail, you can work there. 
<laughs> but my mom got fed up with those guys, so then we moved to Guelph, and then Aww. my mom's like, you can come come and be with us when you're ready to like clean it up. So Spider like, okay, died of a, a broken heart. <laughs> Wait, but you're... Then my dad the, moved. So, wow. So he had to choose between the fellas yeah. and... It was, it was like, your, like your, your great uncle. Yeah. yeah, this keeps happening with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jail, Mike, have you talked about your your great aunt and uncle before? Like, was it something sexual or so, something? Well, yes. Yeah. So, my French Canadian truck driving, heart, multiple heart attack suffering, World War II vet, <laughs> Uncle John, French Canadian. He married my great aunt Anne, who did look like Roy Orbison. And <laughs> wait, that? your aunt looked like Roy Orbison after she died. My brother Terence and I. Both sort of like, it came out that like, did you all your life also think that Anne, Anne looked like Roy Orbison? Because, because she had... Like sort a of helmet of black hair? A helmet of black hair, and she always wore sunglasses and a similar face shape. Okay. Yeah. And sort of an overall 1950s vibe. Have you ever yeah. seen Roy Orbison without his shades on? Yeah, his it's, eyes were fucked up. Why? Wh- they look like really? pinholes shot from like a BB gun into a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look him up. So... My Aunt Anne was married to my Uncle John, and they had this huge uh, RV, Mm. this gigantic RV that, as kids, was amazing because we would play in it, and it was, like, so cool. Um, But, and they would always go to Vegas, and they'd they'd winter somewhere warm. But on the back of the RV, they had a bumper sticker that said, if this van's rocking, don't bother knocking, (laughs) which I didn't, as a kid, understand what it meant. And then later, it's like, they were so old, and, like, I guess they were big fuckers. (laughs) What? Well, oh, that's yeah. why he didn't want the kids around, I guess, because it was the van was always a rocket. Like, yeah. I can't fuck around the kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the cigarette and the fu- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just picture your grandma flustered, overwhelmed, and surrounded by mini Roy Orbison <laughs> tugging at her apron yeah. string. She had to raise like seven kids. Oh uh, my god! One or no, like two bedrooms. Nice of your grandma. Very really nice. nice. Yes. I picture the van a rocking, yeah. and then through the windows you hear like "Pretty Woman." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> it's her singing. <laughs> yeah, you look in; it's exactly his voice coming out of. She's like riding her. That, sorry, that was a great. <laughs> That was a fantastic um, Roy Orbison. Can I, you just do I one actually more love bar? Roy Orbison. <laughs> do one more oh, bar I do too. of Pretty no. Woman. It was James so good. Is, James no, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't taking guys. your uh, no, no, moment. I just James. also like him. Wait. Oh, you did it on the uh, sonar thing. Perfect, Alan Rickman. Oh, oh. thank you. Thank Can you, you. Do you want to do it on here just in case <clears throat> no one checks that one out? Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm <clears throat> I'm Alan Rickman. <laughs> That's really good. It's really good. I had my eyes closed and it was really good. Can I tell you guys a couple more details about my aunt and uncle? Please. My aunt was afraid to go to the doctor and she gradually, she uh, eventually, her vision got all fucked up because she didn't go to the eye doctor. And then she went when it was too late and she was like 90% blind. But she didn't, uh, it was, they couldn't do anything and she just tried to live her life as she always had and I remember once she was cooking something and she walked by and nearly spilled this pan full of like boiling hot oil on me because she couldn't see me. Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> get some glasses. And then my Uncle John had extreme diabetes and had to get, <laughs> he lost his vision too and had oh to have no. a foot amputated. Oh my God. Oh my God. But had a special shoe with a fake foot. That's so cool. he could drive to his diabetes appointments where he couldn't see 
and almost caused accidents all the and time. And he's got the pedal to the metal with this fake foot. <laughs> yeah, I got the fake foot, huh? I can't get my foot off the gas. <laughs> get your motor. And then he... I remember him once telling my dad, who was like, are you sure you should be driving yourself when you can't see and you have a fake foot in a special shoe? And he was like, ah, oh, I know the roads. <laughs> Oh. And every time you talk oh about this great uncle, I imagine him smelling like cigarettes. Like so much like butts. Yeah. yeah. Did he smoke cigarettes inside? He was the house? a chain smoker inside oh, the house. No. He his skin was all red and he had tattoos. Like he had like an anchor tattoo like literally an oh. anchor tattoo. What was his job? Actually, he sounds like I would probably Trucker. have been into him too <laughs> at one point. <laughs> like if sounds he had like an what? anchor tattoo, I probably yeah. would my real grandpa had an anchor tattoo like that and was tattooed. My real grandpa. I had a, oh, I don't know, not a grandpa, but some relative also who was old with an anchor tattoo. It looked yeah. really cool. Yeah, but they're all life. like, the tattoos are like bluey green mm. at that point. You said your real grandpa. Yeah, my mom's, my mom's biological dad, who she only like met him when she was 30. And oh. then so I was like two years old. Or no, she was 32. I was two years old. And then she like reconnected with him. And he was like a hard ass, bad ass um, Lots of tattoos, and he ran a bait shop in uh, where was it? Uh, near Chatham, Wallaceburg. <laughs> and I remember meeting him, and then or I remember going there as a kid. And he had these big bathtubs in the back full of minnows, and I would like swirl my arms around in the minnows. Um, but I didn't know that he was my grandfather until I was like eight or ten or something. Okay. I said, How do we know this guy? Who is he? Why is he such good friends with us and no one else is friends with him? <laughs> and then she was like, Oh, that's my real dad. I'm like, Oh. Wow. wow. Yeah. My mom's side of the family is like that too. Just oh, a yeah? confusing right. gaggle of <laughs> coughing people <laughs> smoking and they have butter on their hands because they're eating so much they didn't pay attention. And no one knows the, the patrilineal yeah. like, it's connection. Like, yeah, it's like, that's my dad, but it's not really my right. dad. It's my great uncle <laughs> who raised me because my dad was a clown <laughs> in the army. And you're like, what? Yeah, this guy was in the army too. He was that. Yeah. He was a clown in the army too. So, do you think that that you do you find yourself attracted to coughing men with sick skin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this latent kind of attraction I have from that yeah. from my real grandfather Brant. Um, no, but I, I <laughs> his name was Brant. Grandpa yeah, Brant. I'm not laughing Bentley. about Brant. Is he still with us? <laughs> no, he died okay. when I was like 16. What did he do? He like cool. uh, jump on a grenade for somebody? Uh, yeah, he was like he couldn't get out of that grenade life. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he smoked a lot of butts too. He was—it yeah. was cancer. It sucks um, that but he smoking was very leads that way for most. I know that's why we got to really cut it out. But I—I mm. I do. I am attracted to some real dirt balls. Yeah, <laughs> like like it's kind of dirt though. balls. I yeah. like that with. Uh, you like dirt ball girls? With girls, <laughs> girls. <laughs> Except for my wife, of course. Yeah, very not dirt ball. There's something about a dirt ball that most people just can't resist. <laughs> Because a villain is always a little bit more interesting in, yes. a, in a story. You turn him good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? think you can fix them? Although, like every dirtball I've ever been with, I haven't tried to fix them. I'm just like <laughs> I regress to their level. I become worse. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting. It's a fun life. Yeah. You know, but we, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, but it's freeing. You know, you could live vicariously through a dirtball for a while. You're right. <laughs> 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 the good while uh-huh yeah 
Well, what do you think? Should we transition? Uh, I mean, that was an amazing yeah. intro. And we don't have I to say, edit a thing. Listeners may think that we've all done a big line of cocaine before this intro, but mm. it's just we're highly caffeinated. At least I, <laughs> well, I am. Yeah, we're at Jackie's house. We're literally drinking our, red rose tea. Yeah, Jackie made his tea, cookies. We're ready to rock. I've, mm-hmm. I've been drinking coffee all day, nonstop. Mm-hmm. French vanilla. Yeah. Mm. I was worried that hazelnut might be too zany. <laughs> before we talk about our topic this episode we should mention that we have a patreon it's at patreon.com slash evil men and for a few bucks a month you can get uh, bonus episodes <clears throat> we release them every couple weeks or even every week they're they're great people like them just as much as these episodes god maybe more yes so we're off the chain people on those like ones. them yeah so please check it out Think about it, you know, help us out. Or if you can't, that's totally fine. Maybe you could rate and review us. And if you are helping us out on Patreon, thank you. And season's greetings, especially if you're helping us on Patreon. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Especially. So, with that out of the way... um, Honestly, if you're not a member of our Patreon, if you're not subscribing... You're actually being kind of mean to us. <laughs> it reminds me of a certain Ebenezer Scrooge who only lived for himself and uh, everyone hated him until he had a very very famous night. It does seem <laughs> like a form of cyberbullying yes. to not be part of the Patreon. <laughs> it, it does. Well, Mike, uh, you're leading this episode and Jackie chose the topic. Jackie, you chose the topic. <laughs> I did. Uh, and thank you for choosing the topic. Who did you choose for this week's episode of Evil Men? Well, at this point, you may know more about him than I do, but I, I had a brief obsession with him um, earlier uh, in the win- in the winter. Um, he is John Dupont, American billionaire, <laughs> uh, um, heir to the <laughs> the dynasty, the Dupont dynasty, which was they were rich from what were they? Um, they were rich from like so uh, not oil. The initial fortune was made. <laughs> From uh, gunpowder. Oh, gun! Oh my God! So yes. in the early 1800s, <clears throat> his relations came very early from France. From France, they were Huguenots, like French Protestants, and started a gunpowder gunpowder business that took off. Especially in World War One, right? They became super, super rich. Yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> and that's great. That's actually very metaphorical because. His story ends in an explosion, doesn't it? It certainly does. And he was, um, <laughs> and from what I understand about him, he was so obviously extremely wealthy, mm-hmm. all a real mummy's boy, yeah. which Ooh. all these um, ill men seem to be. <laughs> uh, and and he was he was never good at anything, yeah. um, and he really wanted to be, and he was just a very avid hobbyist of many things yes but the one that he really latched onto and then it ended up in his pretty much his downfall was wrestling yes <laughs> so that's what i know about him and then where was he pennsylvania yes or? we're talking about the subject of fox catcher yes, yes. the subject of Which the I've 2014 steve carell yes steve carell played him steve carell amazing is, film wore a special nose yeah so everything you're saying is, is true jackie he was obsessed with wrestling Sort of just failed his look. He would latch on to to some sort of obsession, pour money into it, sort of dominate it, then lose interest, and then sort of move on to something else. Never really found his thing. He sort of wanted to belong. But why don't I do just a little intro, and then we'll get into the wild and and tragic, some would say, life of John DuPont. John DuPont? John DuPont. (laughs) John DuPont? John DuPont? (laughs) So John Eluter DuPont. 
Hope I'm saying that properly. He was, yes, an American philanthropist, ornithologist, philatelist, stamp guy, uh, conchologist, like a shells, conch. What's a philatelist? A stamp collector and uh, enthusiast. Show how, let's, what's the etymology of that? I don't know. Philatelist. Something. In the movie, he says philatelist. Philatelist? Fuck. Which sounds like yeah. We all, philatelist. Yeah. Yes. Well, that <laughs> sort of comes up later a bit, possibly. He was also a wrestling fanatic and convicted murderer, as you said, Jackie. Uh, he was an heir to the DuPont family fortune, used his wealth to pursue his interest. Uh, he was convicted of murder in the third degree for the 1996 shooting of Dave Schultz, an Olympic champion freestyle wrestler living and working on Johnny's estate. Oh, spoiler alert. Yes. So Played by Chad... Channing Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. His brother. But Channing Tatum's yeah, in it, right? He was the brother. And he was, you'd uh. think he was going to be the, the main subject, but he pissed off from the uh, yeah. the property because he knew things were Getting looking weird. bad. Yeah. Things were it's a good movie. Oh, it's such a great, great movie. movie. Didn't earn back its budget, but it, it certainly has <laughs> really? a place in film lovers' hearts. It'll like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because well, you know what? There was a helicopter in that movie. That that sounds yes. big budget. <laughs> and the nose costs like twenty. Oh yeah, million. the nose. They probably well, have many noses. Didn't he live on a giant rich compound? So okay, we'll get to that. Here's what happened to John. He was born in Philadelphia in 1938 uh, into the Dupont family, uh, who made their fortune in gunpowder. Later in the 19th, 20th century, they expanded into chemicals and the automotive industry. Um, let's see. His father, William, was a businessman. His mother uh, raised Welsh ponies and beagles for competition. I love it. And his mother, <laughs> his mother, uh, yes, plays like a very prominent role in his life. He basically lived with her for 50 years until she died, except for when he was at university in That's Miami. sweet. Um, and yes, uh, he grew up on this gigantic, sprawling estate. Did the estate have a pond? It did. Oh, it better have. It, it certainly did. And you'll hear more about the pond later. Uh, oh. He, oh. Pond tease. He was the youngest youngest of four, and he grew up on the huge mansion called Lysiter Hall in Newton Square, Pennsylvania. 800 acres of pristine farmland mm. with ponds and I trees. I grew up in a neighborhood, in a house surrounded by other houses. Not much, nowhere to go. Not if, even a pond? No pond, but my parents did get a pool eventually. <laughs> oh, above ground hey. or in ground? In ground. Oh, baby. Now... Did you have a mosaic? They above bought your their house in the early '80s. I just want to say, okay. it wasn't as expensive back then <laughs> as we know real estate is now. Uh, did your pool, like John Dupont's pool, have a gigantic mosaic depicting you as an athletic god, <laughs> made up of over one million pieces imported from Florence? Because that's what he did. Oh I mean, I pitched god. that to my dad, but he pushed me to the ground. <laughs> Son, shut up! <laughs> yeah, I'm the athletic god. <laughs> <laughs> so John Dupont, his his childhood is like genuinely sad. He had a lonely childhood. His siblings were much older than him, so they didn't really spend time together. And his parents divorced when he was two, and his father didn't play much of a role uh, in his life. I remember hearing that he, his mom, he thought he had a friend, and then it turns out that his mummy like hired him as his friend. So and oh. he found out his mom paid his chauffeurs son right. to pretend oh. to be his friend i wonder how much bad, how much his, his paychecks were yeah. how that's much a do you make as a child fake you're friend? not like an easy to get along with person yeah I guess, if your mom is 
Yes. Oh, there is pathos to this man so far. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Are you just friends with me because uh, my mom paid you? <laughs> Where'd you get that brand new members only jacket? Yeah. Nowhere. <laughs> Do you want to play G.I. Joe's? 50 bucks. <laughs> Son, don't tell John the truth. <laughs> get that 50 bucks. We'll get pizza tonight. <laughs> now, what year was this? This would have been oh, in like the pizza. 60s. Well, then. No, he was born in 38. Oh, 38, so this would have been right. In the, in the late 40s. 40s. Oh, so, Jesus how much Christ. do you guys think, like, not accounted, like, how much do you think he was being paid back then in that currency, in that time, in that economy? That five dollars. Kid, the okay, depression. Five bucks, like a week, yeah. maybe, probably during the per week. One, yeah, five. Well, that would have been hefty. Yeah. But I mean, they were, yeah, they were rich. They were rich. <laughs> but but he found out somehow, and it was like like devastating. I think for he's him. already feeling like he's lonely. He's just wandering the vast estate. You know, look, he developed interest in birds and wildlife, and then he thinks he has this great friend who ends up being you know just bought on by the his payroll. Pets. Sad, yeah. Um, I love that he was into nature. Ever come up on this? <laughs> <laughs> You just imagine this boy alone in a giant thing. He's so bored. He's just like, I guess I'll get into birds and, and shells. Yes, um, but I, I see that's his mom, like, all I can see with my own eyes <laughs> is my hobby. His mom paid that's a like blue jay. In jail being like, I'm kind of into bars. <laughs> <laughs> real interest in metal bars. So Did you say mm, nice his bars. mom paid a blue jay to come fly? His mom paid. <laughs> <laughs> blue jay, you're my only friend. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where'd you get that fancy bird seed? <laughs> oh, fuck. Where'd the bird go? Um, so, yeah, he's starting life in a sort of lonely yet gilded place because right. he's got everything he wants he doesn't suffer for he doesn't want for anything but all that glitters is not gold that's what's apparent here now we have to move on to something that depending on uh your point of view is either tragic or or funny so according to dave schultz who is the brother of mark schultz who john dupont killed uh dave schultz on a podcast revealed that john dupont told him once in confidence that either as a boy or in his early 30s during a horseback ride, DuPont had a horse accident, so the horse threw him onto... He grew up riding horses. A horse threw him onto a fence. He snaggled his testicles on a fence, and they got ripped, then became severely infected, and had to be amputated, and then he spent the rest of his life no balls. Ballless. So, yes. And his mom paid the horse to do that? <laughs> Wait, so, but if you are, like, I know from this book, A Fine Balance, do you ever read that book, A Fine no. Balance? If you if you castrate somebody, like, it kind of, it does change you yes. because the testosterone isn't being produced it's anymore. It's literally no testosterone, because that's, yeah. that's, it's so funny, because that is the testosterone factory, right? Is the, yeah, right the gonads. The they don't come yeah, from yeah. the... Uh, Ears, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, but so he had to take supplements his whole life. Or, but I heard that he yeah. forgot, kept forgetting to take oh. his testosterone. Um, and so yes, he had this tragic accident, right. a ball accident, and then he had to take supplements. And it's rumored that he also had prosthetic balls. And if he did have prosthetic balls with his money, do you think they were made of solid gold, or do you think they're made of? Uh, yeah, that'd be really heavy. Too heavy. Mm-hmm. Too heavy. Okay. I think that they're more like those super bouncy balls. Really? Yeah. Like the red, white, and blue balls that you would see on the cover of no, the Bare Naked like Ladies album? No, like super little 
bouncy balls that you bounce. Like super bounce. And they hit the ceiling floor, ceiling floor, <laughs> ceiling floor right, right, until right. they run out of if steam. If it were me and I had to choose my prosthetic, I would want like a really nice light <laughs> whiffle ball with the me holes. Too. Can yeah. you yeah. out? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'd like a zipper on my scrotum so I could change the balls depending on yeah. what's going on that night. <laughs> going to a party. I need my cool balls. <laughs> yeah, I need my dancing balls. <laughs> so if this is so only the brother of the man killed has said this, but if I don't know why he would make it up when John DuPont's already his reputation is mud. Uh if you take this story as truth, it does color the rest of his life as like a guy who literally was this castrated man who then had something to prove right. to the world, like prove that he was a man, sort of. Yes. You can see that mm. anyway. So, um, after high school, graduating high school, without balls, hopefully, I remember <laughs> high school was uh, stressful enough. Imagine doing that without balls. Without your balls. For a girl. Without ovaries? your over, <laughs> remember that. Mine bully? weren't really making a big splash back then, exactly. But <laughs> remember how the bully Nor would now. always throw you against the locker and ask you if you have balls in front of everybody, <laughs> and ask you to, and ask you to prove it. Yeah, yeah, show us your balls right <laughs> <You're> now. <laughs> I went to. Uh, I, I had a roommate that had this party trick that was very disturbing, and he was very thin, and he was able to. This is going to make you guys squirm. Okay, Ooh. he was. Was able to push his balls back from whence fr- from uh, whence they came, yeah. and then show them off like above his belt, so you could like see them in what? his, his like groin. Yeah, are you oh, wait a second? He was really skinny. he could retract his testicles. He could like put them body? back you, in. Wait, did you see this yourself? I saw it many times with my own eyes, and then you could see them many. above his <laughs> jeans. Yeah, we were roommates for a while. You could see That's, them above his jeans, like I, sticking out because he was so skinny too. If you hadn't seen it yourself, yes. I honestly would think I don't. It was so disturbing. It was so disturbing. His heart and everything. No, what? He was skinny enough that yeah, you might have been able to get a shirt. He was very thin. (laughs) Yeah, like a sandwich (laughs) down into his belly and then like around a track. Look, but it was the most disturbing. And you know what? Even before that, like I understood. (laughs) I understood enough of male anatomy but like I really was shocked that like the pathway from where they dropped when he was a baby was like still open and it could like go in and out as he pleased I think you can technically push your balls up a little bit I mean I remember playing with myself uh, (laughs) as a child you could your balls move around right but they feel like right but I think what you're talking about like is I would that be like really a, worried to be that man because right. I feel like you could permanently hurt yourself. Okay, yeah, but it did, to, it didn't look like he was in pain. I'm not when saying he was I did it. what he did, James. God, God you're going nuts. I I don't. I've never seen that kind of thing, and it makes me it does make me feel squeamish. But I can say that yesterday, on the topic of balls, I was riding my stationary bike, and it, I had a hell of a time adjusting myself on the seat. I had to keep moving. You have to put a ball. I get off at one point and yeah, you've got those big Eastern European balls. They don't show you those. And, but I wonder what was in the air yesterday that it was a problem when it isn't yeah. normally. I guess I just got overheated and it was warm. Oh, your balls Lord. are super it does, loose. Right, it does low. strike you at odd times. There's just some days yeah. you're like, I can't get them in the right yeah. spot. And oh, I, I would hate that. By the yeah. way, this is not offensive. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, also, do you remember in Silence of the Lambs when Buffalo Bill tucks, tucks. his whole dick and balls yeah. between his legs? Yes. A mangina. Yeah. It would be funny to do that and then start <laughs> peeing out behind your yourself. Butt? 
<laughs> Wait, do what? Oh, oh yeah, would you pee into your own butt by accident? I guess it depends on how lodged the tuck is. Do you think there's a person who can technically come into their own butt? Uh, yeah, like right in? But if you got erect, I guess it would throw the penis away. It would make it hard. I don't know. I know it seems like I know a lot about this because of the ball story I told, but I don't know if a guy <laughs> could come into his own butt. Well, and I'm not saying this to be gross to the listeners. I'm saying it as like a science thing. Right. Yeah. I'm asking. Include. I do love that scene. I love Buffalo Bill standing there, and Me I too. love that song. Goodbye, horses. No, no. Uh, he's also dancing to Hip Priest, remember? Do you the remember fall? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we oh, and Mike are falls. Oh. Sorry, maybe you're right. There's a different, yeah. Like, I remember doo-doo. Doo-doo. Yeah, he's yeah. into that one at the, uh-huh. at the exact time. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. That, I, man, that song's so James good. James Aaron Eves used that in a, a in really a funny uh, <laughs> short film. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Great song. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, guys, I love that song. So, what is it? How does so, it go? After high school, Hannibal Lecter went to... All right. No, <laughs> no, we're not talking about Hannibal Lecter. We're talking about John DuPont. <laughs> after high school, balls or no balls. All right. He went to the University of Pennsylvania briefly, but then went to uh, get a degree at the University of Miami, where he took up swimming, and he developed an interest in sports, uh, and he got a degree in zoology. He also um, further developed his passion for ornithology and natural history, and he went on these like uh, uh, bird wa- bird watching yeah. expeditions, and <laughs> there are actually two birds named after him. Oh my god, those birds are cancelled now. Yeah. Sorry, birds. Is this gonna get me cancelled? But I feel like all bird watchers have no balls. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, someone had to say it. So yes, there's a parrot and a sparrow named after John DuPont. A parrot. Yes. Uh he also used his wealth to uh found the Delaware Museum of Natural History where he served as its director. Huh. Now, he'd been a swimmer in Miami, um, and he had that pool with his mosaic of himself uh as a, a young god. <laughs> Then he developed an interest in the pentathlon, uh, which is a sport that combines fencing, shooting, swimming, riding, and cross-country running. Such a rich group of sports. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fabricate egg slowly, collecting. <laughs> so you're fencing, mm-hmm. you're shooting, and yeah. he loved and collected guns. Uh, swimming. Well, the family was born out of gunpowder. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Horse riding and cross-country running. The only cheap thing you can do there, as far as I can tell, is cross-country running. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't need any money to do that. No, but I you need a lot of nice space. You do. Yeah, true. When when rich, very rich people just run, they laugh their asses off. <laughs> 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 Look, we're like peasants. <laughs> Imagine me actually doing this. <laughs> So he, um, yeah, he was interested in the pentathlon, and he actually, he won the 1965 Australian Pentathlon Championship, but I was reading about it, and some guy from, like, USA Pentathlon is like, at that point, anyone who could afford to go to it would basically win it. He basically bought the uh, the gold medal. Right. Uh, then he hosted the 68 US Pentathlon Championships on his estate, hmm. but despite his efforts, he never qualified for the Olympic Pentathlon team which Ouch. he really wanted to do but yeah he had the medal from australia but it didn't i know I, it was I like know. it was like if you won a it's uh fake the fox mm. and the fiddles best comedian <laughs> on the planet competition <laughs> and you're like <laughs> <laughs> and this is just such the the beginning of his track of like having all yeah. the money Yes, at his disposal to get anywhere he wanted and participate in anything he wanted and yet even with that he was still very very mediocre sadly and still yeah. lonely at this point 
I mean, he's friends with some athletes and stuff, and he makes a bigger meal of that coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found some sort of family in athletics. And uh, yes, despite not getting onto the Olympic team, he did manage the U.S. pentathlon team at the 1976 Montreal fucking Games. So he cool. that's a little shout out to Canada from hey. John DuPont. Woo. Yeah. Did you ever meet him in Montreal? I'm trying to think. I met so many guys. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I did. Like, I, it's a blur. Do you remember a, a weird guy? <laughs> Yeah, so many guys came through the nest. I don't know. Could have been. Imagine him crossing the border into Canada, and they're like, "Do you have anything to declare, sir?" And he's like, "Well, I don't have any balls." And, uh... <laughs> but it's so funny that ballroom because I could see a wrestler who is scorned from his brother being killed, like trying to like really just take a dig at this guy. He's like, "Yeah, well, guess what? He's got no balls. Did you know that about? Him? He's got no balls." Like we don't know if it is true, but yeah. it does yeah. track, doesn't it? It does track. Yeah. A horse thought he was a nerd and threw him into a fence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was just a rumor. It's been it, this ball idea came from one person who's the brother of the guy Dupont killed. Yeah, okay. so it could be a spiteful rumor. Okay. But could they could they not do do an ex, um, exhumation, exhum, oh, right. exhum and find out? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, it's let's up start to us. a GoFundMe. <laughs> let's dig yeah. up John He's Dupont. Buried in Delaware, it's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what this podcast just becomes. It's all leaning towards it, yeah. yeah. Welcome to Grave Diggers, the new <laughs> podcast. Whenever where I hear on like a forensic files or something where they have to exhume a body for to do more tests or something, that is the most disturbed. That I don't get disturbed by much. I like love the occult, love the macabre, love horror, love this. But that freaking disturbs the shit out of me. I hate the yeah. idea of people a hundred years in the future uh, <laughs> exhuming my skeleton and making fun of my I know, It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> or like making fun of like the hole where your penis was. Like yeah. that's a, such a small, small hole. hole. The tube must have been... He was not packing a lot of heat. We've uh, made a, a 3D model of this poor man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> so, wrestling. Let's get into it. Ding, yes. ding, ding. In this corner, we have Michael Balazzo telling you about John <laughs> DuPont. So, in the 80s, DuPont changed his focus from pentathlon uh, uh, to focus on freestyle wrestling. In 1985, he donated money to establish a varsity wrestling team at Villanova University in Pennsylvania with the proviso that he be the head coach. So he was right. like, yeah, I'll give you the money, uh, but I got to be in charge. He bought his way into every single yes. thing. And they were like, okay. And uh, wrestlers remember John showing, because he would train them. Wrestlers remember him showing them a forbidden move where he would teach them how to grab their opponent's testicles and squeeze. <laughs> and he dubbed the, the move the Fox Catcher 5. And uh, he would spring it on friends and athletes who he worked with and trained with at the facility. So he'd be like, hey, John, how's it going? Oh, and he'd come up to you and squeeze your damn balls. Oh, my God, because oh. he just wants to know what balls feel he's like. Obsessed. Yeah, he's balls. obsessed with balls, obviously. Yeah. And Fox squeeze catcher. mine. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and maybe, yeah, maybe wrestling is the, the only thing. The move couldn't work on him. Maybe yeah, that's yes. He exactly. Yes. Yeah. He was yeah. impervious to the He was teaching the, them the to lose against him. Yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah. they'd grab it, it would just be like their fingers would close together like with the, oh, in the air. <laughs> and then they'd scream. The <laughs> <laughs> and they'd go white as a ghost and pass out. <laughs> it's like a stress ball down there. <laughs> And the name his sack is just full of cement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm sorry to anyone who's had any kind yeah, of same yes, here. You know, operation absolutely. in that area and it's sensitive. I'm sorry. I picture that his replacement of- was like, you know when you get like a bouquet of um, helium balloons on the thing that like <laughs> makes it stay on the ground? Yeah. Like a sand thing? Yeah. yeah. I always wanted to get into that as a kid. I always wanted or to like open a, that. Uh, yeah, like a sack of sand yeah. when Indiana Jones wants the golden statue. <laughs> just yeah. to replace the weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little sack of yeah. stress sand. Um, and the, sorry, the name Foxcatcher 5, <laughs> that was a tip of the hat to, I guess, Foxcatcher Farm was the name of his father's horse breeding stable. Right. Anyway. Why is DuPont uh, so into wrestling? Well, he once said that he was attracted to it because the other DuPonts disapproved of such ruffian behavior. Yes. So it's, again, him doing something that's very... This is starting to like a D.H. I'm wrestling, novel. mother. Yes. And know what his mother said? Yeah. She said, it's a low sport. That's what she would call it. It's a low sport. But don't we see a kind of weirdly uh, literature-y style me- metaphor <laughs> happening mm-hmm. here? Not being accepted. Yeah. It's yeah. low. Yes. You know, freestyle free wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Not even. Uh, not even like anything technical just, or rigid. All we need to do is. Just like roll around roll on the around ground. With each other. <laughs> well, he literally came from, yes, like an American blue blood aristocratic family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's like if he joined the Hells Angels or something. Yes. Like, I'm We're a grunge band. We're a grunge band. <laughs> And in the movie, I remember his mom being wheeled into the gym, the huge state-of-the-art, beautiful gymnasium. Oh, oh my God. She's the girl that's like, she's in so many things. I feel like she was in like, um, not not Road to Avonlea. Shit, what was she in? She's You'd know her face in a heartbeat. Maggie Smith? No. Maybe so. She's got really big eyes, like really big googly eyes and a very pointy nose and mouth. I'll look it up. Betty Boop. <laughs> similar, yeah. similar features. Yeah, it was like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> partial when animation. When she came in, she was rolled in and was looking at them practicing. And he started like posturing, like like they right. were all having a pep talk. Talk, and he sees his mom come in, and he's like, "Oh, let me do a pep talk now." And it was the craziest, <laughs> weirdest, most fake. And all the wrestlers were like, "What's he talking about?" And the right. mom literally put her pointy nose in the air and gestured to her caregiver, "Wheel me out of here." And then look, you could see his heart break in two. Now this is just the movie, yeah. but. So he, I'm sure he, it happened. I'm sure it happened exactly wow, that that's way. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So he, he kind of wanted to like look, mother. Yes, he was I'm desperate. good at this. Yes, and she's like this is disgusting. Yes. And he, he wanted to see all the men like listening to him and him being a leader oh, of men. Yes, and she was you know I think she was a smart cookie. It she did not <laughs> fall for it. She was like this guy is a poser. Yeah. she looked at him like he was the like just an earthworm. <laughs> <laughs> good description. <laughs> Um, but he showed her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Vanessa Redgrave. Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, Holy crap. The right. Vanessa Redgrave? Yes. Yeah. From all of the good movies of yes, the past? Yes, but she's, she looks so... She's very yeah. elderly in 2014. Yeah. And then, yeah. I didn't even know she was still right. alive. Yeah. Well, she wasn't... Vanessa Redgrave wasn't the only person in John... Uh, the only <laughs> woman in John DuPont's life because he did get married... Uh, in 1983, at the age, at the young age of 45, <laughs> he decided it's time to settle down, and he married a woman named Gail Wank, an occup- uh, Wank, W-E-N-K. Oh my God, Wanker! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gail Wank, Wank, an occupational therapist who uh, he met after he had a car accident and injured his hand. Uh, but the marriage was not uh, perfect. It collapsed within six months. Wow. And she sued hell? him. Uh, claiming Sued, sued him? him. Because, uh, she claimed he had pointed a gun at her, tried to throw her out of a moving car, hmm. tried to push her into a fireplace, and uh, held a gun to her head and, and claimed that she was a Russian spy. So oh, yes. mentally, the he's paranoia to unwind, yes. uh, unravel. Yes. I imagine, now this might be sounding so much bullying, but I feel like that occupational therapist was probably the first woman to ever touch him even if it was just his hand yeah maybe I agree with you that some of this podcast episode sounds like bullying but (laughs) I also agree with you that you're probably right (laughs) yeah those are some it doesn't sound like he was interested at all Mm -mm. and it sounds like he had this idea after a scary car accident yeah Uh, like maybe I should get married and, and do the normal thing and try and have a Hair to the estate, or right? Whatever. Yeah, and then and and then when there was a real woman that wasn't his mother around, he's like uh, into the fireplace with you, <laughs> into yeah, the fire. get out of the car. He's oh. definitely imagining pushing his mother into the fireplace, yes, as he, seeing yeah. her face. And then if they did have an heir and the baby came out, imagine he pointed at it right away as soon as it came out. Russian spy, Russian spy. <laughs> well, sometimes also when like a person is like a psychotically connected, like mama's boy and they're desperately their whole life is to get approval from their mother a woman underneath their mother is nothing they're like shit they're right. low to them right yes so like she probably was just totally being nice in herself yeah. and it made him insane yeah like you're not mother yeah 100 <laughs> percent. into car. the fire <laughs> yeah we're on a bridge 50 miles up from a river He's like a weird Norman Bates, uh, yes. but wrestling fan. Norman yeah. Batesian. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he would have gotten into the WWF. Great question. Well, I, I can tell you a bit about oh, that. Oh, please. Well, sorry. <laughs> Carry on, Mike. Carry on. So I, I guess this point of John's life in the early to late 80s was like the highlight of his life because he's, he's established this state-of-the-art wrestling training facility called Foxcatcher Farm. And he's actually moved in, and with his wealth, he's able to hire like the best wrestlers in America and Europe to come and train uh, young wrestlers to go uh, and compete in the Olympics and stuff. So he's living his dreams, surrounded by all these fit wrestling men, <laughs> spending his time wearing a unitard, wrestling all day. He's in control of everything. And he's like the, the, a big shot, finally. And two of the trainers he hires are named Mark Schultz and... Dave Schultz. Lovely boys. Dave Schultz was an Olympic gold medalist wrestling uh, champion. And handsome too, right? They looked like Channing Tatum and... Well, well. I was just going to say, was this Mark Ruffalo and Channing Tatum? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. when you look them up, they look a little bit more wrestly than those guys. I was just... I looked it up and I thought the Mark Ruffalo guy... Mark Ruffalo looked a lot like him in the movie. Yeah, they they did well with him and they had him like be like balding and... Um, yeah, it was really well done. But they were such nice boys. They came from such humble beginnings. Yeah. They, they, I think they were like, not military brats, but I know they moved around a lot and he pretty much raised his brother. Like really? the Mark Ruffalo character was really like a, f- a very father figure to his younger brother. Okay. Well, I know that, yeah, they, they were both, uh, John Dupont loved them both and he moved them onto his estate with their families mm-hmm. as well. And so they could go to like a good school and stuff, paid for their lives basically. And David Schultz, who's the one who ended up getting killed, 
yes, American Olympic and world champion, seven-time world and uh, Olympic gold medalist. So this wow. guy was like, wow. top. so he was a big deal wrestling yes. mm-hmm. wise. Mark Ruffalo, yeah. but so yeah. is Joan Rene Bamsey or whatever his name is. Jean Rene Ramp? What? <laughs> what the fuck's his name? Jean, Jean Dupont? Dupont. I know it's a tough one. <laughs> oh, it's not as complicated as my brain made it. Jean so- Benet Ramsey. <laughs> So life on Foxcatcher Farm at this point, he's, yeah, living the dream, surrounded by fit young yeah. men who are wrestling. He's in there yeah. wearing his unitard, his red unitard. He divorced the woman who said, can you yeah. take the unitard off for a second? Oh, <laughs> uh, can't. So he's single Into again. Into the fire. <laughs> he also... Into the fire goes my fake wife. He's also, when he's... When he's not wrestling, sorry, I'm hung up on that. When he's not wrestling, he has some other interests. He uh, he liked to hang out with the local police department. <gasps> yes. And he also used his wealth to like uh, that's cool. Work with them. He would buy them bulletproof vests or like equipment. He allowed them to uh, do shooting practice in his private gun range. Yes, that's cool. And this is such a typical. You know those guys that like want so bad to be a cop. Like it's mm-hmm. there's been mm-hmm. other guys. What's uh, yes, yes, him, and then the guy. I don't like want to make it so dark, but like the guy in in Nova Scotia as well. Oh, Wasn't he yeah, like yeah. a fake wannabe cop fake yeah. cop car? That and like these, these police obsessed nerds, <laughs> and and then oh, yeah, man, he paid his way into getting. They gave him a, a honorary uniform. He's like a little kid that goes to visit like the fire station yeah. and gets like a plastic hat. It's so, also a version uh, of still buying friends to hang around. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. So he literally bought his way into like. They allowed him to have a badge and a gun and like go on ride-alongs and he would go in a fake cop car and patrol and give people speeding tickets even oh though he was just God. a guy. It's like Steven Seagal in that A&E show when yes. he was a cop in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to bend this guy's arm backwards for you? <laughs> But yeah, so he's, we got it, Steve. He's living this life where people have to be like, "You're a great athlete, and also you're a real cop." Yes, it was like a big emperor's yeah. new clothes scenario because yeah. he was funding, really bankrolling scared. everything. But now I think it's come to the point that we have all this information where we could definitely say he's a effing <laughs> nerd and like it's pathetic, kind of pathetic. It's he an is, interesting that some a, uh, there is pathos for me because he's a product of this demented the environment. Demented in environment. The first place. But I want to yeah. know how his other siblings turned out. They turn right. out, they're just rich business right. or lo- business But they didn't go nuts. No. Um, and they did try and intervene with his mental health, and they said he refused treatment. So we're going to get now to the beginning Ooh. of the end, the downfall. That we're going to see cracks forming in his <laughs> mental facade. Uh, so in 1988, his uh, wrestling program at Villanova University was shut down after uh, the assistant coach named Andre Metzger complained that John Dupont had made improper sexual advances on him. Yeah, uh, so he it's lost the Fox program. Catcher Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a forbidden. Mo- <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can put your penis in my butt, or whatever. <laughs> it's the only way to win a match. Uh, <laughs> so he loses this program. You can marry me at the end of the match. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's traditional to, to to hum. Here comes the bride at the end of a match. <laughs> Please say, please clap. (laughs) (laughs) So he loses this prestigious program that gave him sort of a sense of meaning. Uh, A neighbor around this time reported seeing him, uh, remember him blowing up a den of newborn foxes with dynamite. Disgusting. He'd also been seen driving around his property in a a tank uh, (laughs) covered in blood and going up to a neighbor's house and asking her if her husband could, quote, come out and play. 
Oh, Lord, that's terrifying. Excuse me? Blood. Excuse yeah, exactly, whose blood. It was probably animal. Like, he probably, <laughs> like, was shooting foxes. Fox that's so brutal. Foxes are so cute. Yeah. I love, they're my, one of my favorite animals. I feel like the real facts are painting an even more demented picture than the film did. Oh, yeah. You know what? The yeah. film left that out. The film left out the latent homosexuality and the sexual misconduct accusations did, yeah. yeah a lot and of left tank. out I, don't remember they, the I remember the tank because yeah. remember he was oh. ordering it he was pissed that they didn't have a gun on top he was like it's supposed to have a big machine gun on oh, the top and he's I like forgot. take it back and don't piss me off yeah. Yeah. like the military dropped it off at his estate uh, yeah. yeah what the fuck and so I know. a guy who's grasped on reality <laughs> was already fragile really goes haywire after his mother dies his mother who he's lived with for 50 years yes. she died in I believe 88 at the age of 91 good run and he, he was heartbroken he was heartbroken he showed up to her funeral the next morning in a uh, tank in a track suit <laughs> yeah in a tank <laughs> in his track suit with a drink so he I'm was gonna blow this grave away yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he goes downhill and That's after really this sad, he's actually. known to drink heavily use cocaine yes big cocaine outbursts of anger uh, he's always got guns around uh, and he needed other people to like really build up this fantasy that he was like a, a big deal athlete but don't you guys find that when things aren't kind of going your way like tons of alcohol cocaine and guns kind of help <laughs> yeah like it's kind of yeah. a soothing mechanism to have just yeah. like a comforting yeah. I mean, it's like a I big mug of COVID, soup you know it was yeah. such a hard time you, yeah. you needed all, all the cocaine and guns, guns. And cocaine. yeah, yeah. Get through it. weed gummies wrestling <laughs> <laughs> and oh, sorry to inter interject, but there was during all of this downfall and all of this wrestling and leading up to trying to get to Seoul, was it? Or yeah, he was having a, he was self-producing a documentary, so he was being followed around by a cameraman, and you can watch a lot of the footage still. So he's Ooh. one of those guys that's like, I That'd should be, be the subject of a documentary. Yeah. Which, you know what, I've seen a little bit of that here and there uh, in our own very own community. <laughs> People being followed around with cameras and yeah. thinking that there should be a documentary going on. Yeah, it's yeah true. and they're always <laughs> tweeting about how mental health is important. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of mental health and uh, someone whose mental health could have used a bit of a tune-up, uh, John DuPont, he's dead mother, he's high out of his mind, drunk, angry, he starts having delusions, and there's quite a lot of them. He starts telling people he's seeing Disney characters hiding on his, his property, mm. uh, trees uprooting themselves, marching around. He opened fire on a flock of geese because he said that they were uh, using dark magic against him. Banned all treadmills from the wrestling training center because he thought that they were turning back time. Wow. Well, there's some warning signs I here. I actually yeah. love all of those psychedelic <laughs> paranoid <laughs> dreams. They're so imaginative. Yeah, they're yeah. really creative. It's the like turning back time. Yeah. Wow. Like, some kind of sequel to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Alice in shithole. <laughs> the thing is, is... Alice in shithole. Alice in fucking hell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that goofy I see over there fucking shooting black magic at me? <laughs> <laughs> the tree just got up and started jacking off. And he did think that the trees, didn't he think that trees, and there was some fake trees on the property that were like FBI? Yeah. He, I, I think he had some classic kind of hack FBI delusions that he yeah. was like being watched by the government. Well, he, he thought, yeah, he was being spied on. He thought there were people in the walls. He hired some security people to check his walls yes. and floorboards for like 
bugs. Gnomes and Yikes. bugs. Right. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, didn't That's find not anything. in the movie. I don't remember. The, the, yeah. the checking the house for, for bugs, I think, was. Yeah. I think he had some guy being like, I'm telling you. Or like they had set up a bunch of cameras mm-hmm. for him. and he's. But the, the security company was just kind of like, cha-ching. Like we're yeah. making all this money from his, his paranoia. Yeah. We found some Donald advantage. Duck droppings in the floorboards. <laughs> uh, we might need to do more work. <laughs> You got a problem on your hands here, sir. <laughs> Listen back to the tape. <laughs> it's like the FBI guys doing that into a tape recorder. Now, this scarf clearly belongs to Baloo. We do it. Whatever the fuck. But like, and also, was he? He must have been watching so much. He's a Disney adult, one of those Disney adults. That's a Because he's obviously watching a yeah. lot of it to yeah. be able to have formulas. Yeah. yeah, it would be yeah. so fun. It feels like to have so much money that you could lose your mind and do anything. Yeah, that's the problem. No one was able to challenge him. He would have been had it been any other guy or mm-hmm. woman. And the in cops would have been stopped. Yes. yes, and yes. he gave the army yeah. money too. Obviously. Yeah, and that police thing. Um, played a role or like uh, manipulated the outcome of the story but his relationship with the cops yes. became controversial afterwards yeah. after the fact. Like when they investigated the yeah, because they said, well, the cops would have acted faster if they weren't being bankrolled by this Looney Tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, wait, did he like Looney Tunes or Disney? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm now mixing up franchises. He had a big uh, shooting gallery with a big picture of Bugs Bunny yeah. just shot it's at. It's like if you're Marvel or DC, he was yeah. all Disney. Yeah, hated yeah, hated, hated Looney Tunes. <laughs> So, in addition to no offense to anyone listening who's who's a Looney Tune, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, yeah, Looney Tune culture. We're all nuts. He also started having weird, um, uncharacteristic racial, uh, sorry, racist outbursts. He kicked out three African American wrestlers training at his property, telling them, "Hey, this is a KKK orga- organization now," and that they weren't allowed. He also pulled a machine gun on another wrestler in the weight room. During all of this, he also crashed two of his Lincoln Continentals into uh, a pond on his property. There's the pond. Surprised you're doing it twice. So you do it once. Yeah, two days two, in a row. Two Lincoln Continentals. Uh, two days in a row. He did. I'm gonna see how this day goes with this Lincoln Continental. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen again. <laughs> right, directly into the so, pond. Yeah. <laughs> Crashes into the other Lincoln that's already yeah. in the pond. Luckily, he was a great swimmer, so he got out of there. Uh, the only person who could talk any sense into him during all this. Dave Schultz. Right. Mm. He was a big guy that John DuPont respected and he could calm him down, but he would be firm to him and tell him like, no, that's not, you know, fucking uh, Huey, Louie and Dewey over there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And he could ground John DuPont. This all came to a head on January 26th, 1996 at 2 p.m. On this day, John DuPont grabbed his 44 Magnum, ordered his security consultant, Patrick Goodale, to drive him to Dave Schultz's house on the property. Dave Schultz's last words were, Hi, boss, with a smile and a friendly wave. DuPont answered him with a gun pointed at his head, screaming, You got a problem with me? And opened fire, shooting Jeez. Schultz dead on the spot. Ugh. He ran back to his mansion, and a 48-hour police standoff began. Wow. wow. What year was this? is freaky. 1996. Yes. 48 oh hours, and he was like using tunnels. There there had been like tunnels under his house and so security labyrinth. Them. Right. Yeah. So man, is this so is sad. like the Minotaur meets the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> like this is an isolated, uh-huh. uh, yeah. unique mind that 
only these uh, specific circumstances could shape. Like, it's really nuts. Yes. So the The tunnels part really freaks me out. Yeah, because on the estate, what did they use the tunnels for? Because I remember in the movie he was running through them. Yeah. But, But to. Not for the function of the estate necessarily, but for the function of like his security. warped, not connected to reality mind. Yes, mm, and they know? and they knew where he would come out, and he was all disheveled, and he'd been down there for like forty eight hours, <laughs> and they knew that he would come out of this kind of bunker, yeah. and then they caught him right away. It was almost like very kind of um, uh, anticlimactic the way they caught him. He's like he ran out, and they're like, okay, so enough. The way they lured him out, oh my god! The way they lured him out after forty eight like hours, like a gerbil in a habit trail. <laughs> yeah, the police turned off the power. To his house, right? And he's he's barricaded in there with 14 guns. He starts getting cold. And he's like, the police were like, well, turn the heat back on. He was like, no, I know how it works. I'll do it. Can I come out? And the police were like, yeah, you can come out and turn your heat back on. Comes out of the mansion and immediately they nab him. <laughs> not the part, like, <laughs> no. not exactly the mastermind. Okay, I'm going back I'm into hiding. Out, but don't arrest me, okay? Yeah. Apparently that's how they found Saddam, too. <laughs> he was looking for a hat. I'm f- 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 freezing. Give me one of your American army hats. <laughs> didn't, didn't they do that with Waco? They turned off the power? Or no, they had like put lights. Or mu- loud heavy metal music or, or metal something? Music they or did something. a lot, they did a lot of, of terrible stuff. things at Waco. Yeah. They yeah. basically... <laughs> uh, yeah, they killed all of those people. Oh, God. You got to kill all of so them. But yeah, so leading up to it, yeah. yeah, they were just trying to get them out or... Yeah. They but, turned the power yeah. off. They blasted heavy metal. Yeah, all night. What it was, was Dupont? Insane. It was and just was kids in there. Dupont yeah. probably would have loved that rock and heavy metal and all his <laughs> guns and his lines <laughs> and his booze. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he been a soft rock guy. <laughs> he went on tra- uh, on trial and he was convicted in '97 of third degree murder. Uh, he was judged to be mentally ill, and he received a sentence of 13 to 30 years. And upon his arrest, he ordered all the buildings on his estate painted black. Wow. Uh, And is he still in prison to this day? Well, Chris, um, he, in the year 2010, at the age of 72, passed away in hospital from Uh. chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. But before he died, um, he continued to harass the widow of Dave Schultz. So... When he was in jail, he uh, she filed a wrongful death lawsuit against him, and Fair I think enough. he had to pay her thirty five million. Ooh. After he was in jail, nice. Nancy Schultz yeah. said that uh, he had private investigators follow her children to school, uh, send her tapes, and let her know that he could reach uh, her from jail. Oh my god! And uh, when he died, she said that she finally felt relief. Oh, so, yeah, he said poor jail woman. Tapes. That's very scary. So how? Yeah. Like, wait, when was the? Shit ass marriage, eighty three. Oh my god! So yeah, that's like three decades of hell. No, that's the the widow of the guy he killed, not his ex wife. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. He was harassing her yeah. because she was suing him, Sorry, and he was like, I, I could have confused. your kids killed or something. But yeah. that is astounding that he was so rich that he had that kind of pull from prison yeah. that he can like hire people to follow children that's around. Yeah, thirteen years of terror for her. Basically. Yeah, after yeah. being yeah. a widow, yeah. by absolute for freak. no fucking reason. For no reason. Yeah. Um, so, played in the movie by the beautiful, elegant Sienna Miller. Oh, oh <laughs> shout out Sienna if you're listening. We'd love to have you as a guest. So why did he do it? Apparently during the trial it came out that his defense attorneys were like, he thought that David Schultz was a spy mm. or like a demon who had come to kill him. Just complete. Uh, Honestly, I thought he was a demon. <laughs> I rest my case, Your Honor. 
Um, Honor, so, Your Honor, you've seen a demon, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, but uh, this, is, this is extraordinary. A uh, couple more jokes before we get to the end of his uh, story here. He was buried in his red foxcatcher wrestling oh, singlet. Oh, God, let it go. Just it, get it. Let, let it go, man. In accordance with his will. <laughs> wouldn't this is not like the job of putting that on him. <laughs> uh, and it was probably like so gross by that point. Oh, yeah. Which balls were was he buried with? <laughs> yeah, my finest burial balls. <laughs> morning balls. So like morning, black balls. morning balls. <laughs> <laughs> they just had like somber chimes inside them. Like those balls you like those Chinese balls. Meditation balls. His vast fortune uh, was bequeathed eighty percent of it to a Bulgarian wrestler named Valentin Yordanov, yes. who, had, I know. who had who had he was, he was he in trained that, on the trained. foxcatcher. Yes. Uh, training that center. So oh. But he was really jealous. I think yeah. th- that guy was a subject of his like jealousy and paranoia was fueling it because mm. he was upset when like that guy would start. I think you I think he was in love with that guy. Because he would get really uh, mad with yeah, the Bulgarian because he would get Sounds mad when like someone it. else was like paying he was paying attention to too much other people, or that when he wasn't like his best friend, he was like, Oh, like jealous of, of this guy or other people's right. attention on this guy. And I couldn't you crush know, much? Yeah. Uh, 80%. Um I couldn't find, yeah, a ton of information to answer, like, yeah, why did he leave this guy who seems to figure very little in the, the life? So, yeah, mm-hmm. it must have been some stuff going on. I think on. it was like a hot crush. An yeah, unrequited love. guys, right? I know. Aren't they famously <laughs> crush-worthy? <laughs> Take 80% of my money, you fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> to date? And, and, like, how would you feel getting that fortune of, oh, from this I'd murderer? Like, obviously, well, you'd take it. Well, you would be yeah. thrilled, of course. <laughs> but yes. then, but wouldn't you just be like, oh, God, this freak, and I've got, like, his money? You give I a would little give them, to charity. Yes, and then you you'd could have to pay back a little. Buy the nicest house in Bulgaria with mm, that money. Beautiful. You know? If there's anyone yeah. listening that want this but can't have it, uh-uh. Anyways, leave money in your will for me. <laughs> 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 yeah, Chris starts taunting male uh, mentally ill billionaires. It's <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate crime. Um, to date, here's the last thing. To date, John DuPont is the only member of the Forbes 400 richest Americans to be convicted of murder. So, Elon or Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. you know, pressure's yeah, those on. Those guys never murdered anybody. No. No way. They're too soft, those two. Yeah. They just terrorize the whole planet. The whole world. Near to death. Uh-huh. Yes. And space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're bothering space now. <laughs> Any nerds up here? <laughs> Any poor people? <laughs> Any rainforests to destroy? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, so that is the amazing, thrilling story of John DuPont. It really great job, Mike. Great you job, Mike. Oh, thank you. It's wow. all Jackie. It's all Jackie. Oh, great yeah. job, Jackie. Look at this photo I found. I know this isn't great for the podcast, but it's a yes. picture of John DuPont with Dave Schultz. Yes. And Dave Schultz is sort of uh, in a wrestling move embracing John DuPont. Uh-huh. Doesn't it look like John DuPont is Loving almost grateful it. for I don't even know He's if it's ecstasy. romantic no, but just right. no yeah. it's just the just friendship the, friendship right. yes yeah. he is so grateful, grateful for the f- for the embrace for yes. the embrace now, he was a really yes. pathetic character replace in that Dave way. Schultz with the chauffeur's son you know that's the story yes. of his life uh-huh. paying Paid. someone to hang out with him it's true it's very sad it was a pattern repeated his whole <laughs> life of paying paying people to for their companionship mm-hmm. and friendship um, the and man was broken beyond sorry so right from the get-go broken you're mm-hmm. right and there was i i don't know we didn't really touch on this but in the movie he made up his own old person's wrestling championship called like the 
oh, it was something funny like the Prestige League or like the something league that was at, for his age group and it was freestyle. Like, And then he all these wrestlers came out mm-hmm. of retirement, but they all knew that they couldn't win against him. They were all I, saying, yeah, don't, like, don't. you got to throw your match. You got to throw it's your like match. You can't win. He's wow. he's paying for all this. It's like when Mr. People... Burns wanted to wrestle you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they're all just like, ooh, ouch, you're so good, John. Yeah. Ooh, like ouch. Mr. Putin... Burns wrestling Smithers, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or it's like when Vladimir Putin plays hockey and like he scores every shot, he gets oh, a goal, God. and the goalie's yeah. like, oh, he's just too good to stop this <laughs> yes. shot. Or but when he rides a horse shirtless, the horse has to smile the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, DuPont began wrestling in his 50s. Yeah, like, like he didn't have a hope in hell. Yeah. Can I just say that I have a couple theories and clearly we, we're, I think we're all on board in that like, not that wrestling is about this, but maybe in John DuPont's case there is that obviously latent homosexual thing with like fixation on men intertwining Mm -hmm. but on top of that the freestyle thing part is so funny to me because it's not just about like "Eh, do whichever moves on me you want (laughs) it's also but it's also lazy it's a rich person's way of being like i'm not gonna technically become proficient at the real way of wrestling right it's my way yeah, do you see what i'm saying yes i read actually like a, that's also a shortcut like everything yeah. else that yeah you know? i read actually a chuck palinuk uh like mm-hmm. non-fiction mm-hmm. about he he followed these uh wrestlers like you know real amateur wrestling and it, it wasn't like this but he did really describe how like physically beat up they would get but their bond was so strong like they, they he I, from what i remember in what he wrote there seemed to be a way that these men like found connection in the hard physical wow, right. contact and stuff it's which is i wonder was this pre fight club was that an inspiration mm, I don't for remember. that or? i wonder but I, maybe I love Chuck Palahniuk. I, 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 I saw him of, speak once. Really? Yeah, I went I, to see him speak. That's cool. I fell off his last few books, but yeah, I, 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 like I did one. as well. Yeah. There's one sitting right over there, the hot pink one. Oh, oh, very cool. Anyway, well, well, it's like you can't get closer to someone really other than you're right. if you're doing love to them. Yeah, it's well, true. It's like the other side of the like. coin. He used his money. <laughs> well, to what about build podcasting? Love podcasting as well. Gymnasiums. Yeah, a big giant one. Well, yeah. um, is there anything we want to else we want to add, or do I pull out the evilometer? I <gasps> feel a like test. I do think that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I feel like you always bring out the evilometer, and then I add one more thing. <laughs> just one more. I thing. just do like the, all the episodes we've done now. The connection between you're right, like the mother's mm-hmm. connection and loneliness. Like we are starting to i'm starting to have a bit more sympathy for some of these quote-unquote evil men like it's getting weird <laughs> this There's is a, a pattern like if you're mm. a human the ultimate per, evil man person yeah. is mother <laughs> you know it's funny like oh, i haven't I? read anything because <laughs> yes, often it's these overbearing concluded. mothers right that yeah. make these mm-hmm. like ted bundy and all of these evil there should be a podcast evil mothers but this guy aside from her being extremely rich and I'm sure she had super high standards and was very rigid rigid, um, and exacting but I didn't read anything that she was like abusive or like maybe she was just hard to please okay Um, but uh, yeah I don't think she was that crazy Mm. I think it's just the fact that yeah the other kids are insanely rich he's super young not connected to family yeah 
and, and the post-divorce, the other kids grew up with the parents exactly. together. Exactly. That's why they were yeah. kind of a bit more well-adjusted. He's basically wandering, being like, are birds my friend? Yes. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> and then he lost his balls. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lost it all. Now, yeah, if, if, that's, uh, if that is true, the ball story, that you can see him feeling... Um, like diminished in mm-hmm. life. If not, he's just a plain old weirdo. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, he better hope he's got that excuse to fall back yeah. on the ballless thing. Yeah. Well, I'll bring out the evilometer. Okay. Jackie, we have a machine. Uh-oh. It's kind of a steampunky machine cool. that uh, we uh, pull out and enter in a score from one to ten. Okay. One being least evil, ten being most evil on what we think about our subject. So I'm just okay. going to pull it out here. Okay. Direct from Bulgaria. Yeah, we got it in Bulgaria. Wow, that's a heavy-duty piece of machinery. God, who wants to go first? Uh, Jackie, because you suggested. Okay. John yeah, Bond, how about you, you go first? Okay. Or should she watch how we do it? Yeah, okay. yeah, let me see how it's done. Oh, I'll go first because I've been sort of interjecting and holding it up lately with like my sympathy and empathy mm-hmm. for him. So I'm going to say actually like a three because mm. I find the David Schultz murder completely horrifying mm-hmm. it scares the crap out of me because dave schultz thought he had a relationship with him and was a buddy and then this bullet to the head comes out of nowhere or whatever so i think that's ex- insanely freaky you know mm. uh but otherwise i think it's like a three yeah because it's like it, like we were saying it's this the environment he grew up in it warped him and mm-hmm. he had mental illness that got, went unchecked yeah yeah, and, and yes, a person who is suffering is saying, no, I don't want treatment. But if you really cared about somebody, you would take care of them. And he didn't have that ever. Yeah, no one, no one yeah. close enough to him yet. So I, I have sympathy. I the murder that's... is horrifying, and I really mm-hmm. feel terrible for about that. But I don't think he was born and raised an evil person. I think that's a really good one. I'm going to be pretty similar. <laughs> I'm going to go 37 <laughs> <laughs> because you're right, the okay. murder is very sad. Yours I feel, has a little more oomph than mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very sad. But as you say, is he evil? No, I think he was just um, unwell in the in the tick in the head. Mm-hmm. There's Most a phrase, men in, on the planet could get like a three, maybe. Yeah, you're probably, or a two. <laughs> That's why I came with the. We point never seven. really discussed this before, but like, what's the average? <laughs> an average, average man, man could get around two, probably. <laughs> okay, easily. Probably right. <laughs> uh, well, Jackie, do you want to go now? Sure. Okay. Um, well, I if if we're talking about the average man like is Hitler's around two. A 10, okay, you know? Hitler's a ten. Hitler's a ten. Um, for sure. Okay. Okay. And maybe the devil. Uh, <laughs> what about um, what? Uh, who's the really the Night Stalker, Rodriguez? Um, serial killers, I think. Yeah, no. he would serial be a ten. Yeah. yeah, he would be. And on my, in my mind, he's a ten because he was like no Ramirez. holds barred, no pattern, no nobody was safe. Old people, just young people, joy. just just yeah, pure joy, and, joy killing. and killing. So I would say he's a ten. I'd say this guy would be. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go a four mm. because also there's so many. It was hard though because he did he did contribute to so much. But yeah, he was. But I think he was stocking up on power. He was deliberately right. stocking up on power and he knew what he was doing when he was using all this money to gather the police and the wrestling and sports and oh, yeah, buy his way to the top. Too, and there's a racism in there too. Uh, yeah, no, I feel bad Which I'm sure that. his whole family had being their blue-blooded where they came from. But I'm going to say I'm going to say four because I think there was a sprinkle of evil because he knew that he was he, I think he knew he was what he was doing to manipulate people around him into getting what he wanted. 
Um, but then again, the murder was purely out of delusional, demented, um, paranoid, fantastical mental illness, which was mm. undiagnosed, untreated, like you said. So it's almost like the murder was almost like kind of one of the lesser evil things that he did in a way. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Other than throwing it his was money an around and like dropping a glass on the floor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And also, but but then the the domestic abuse. Let's not forget that. Oh, that's yeah. true too. Oh, that's shit. True. I'm, I'm bumping it up oh, to a five. I like your five. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna change mine, I guess, because I. I but you're you raising know. good points. But you're really good right. points. I forgot about some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a long story. His, his under story five is long. for me for sure. Okay, still, I'm though. I'm sitting at five. <laughs> Mr. Michael. Well, thank you, Mr. James. I would say, <laughs> yeah, he's a guy. Um, tragically born with everything he wanted and all the opportunities in the world and just no talent for anything or mm. couldn't find his purpose and just floundered around his whole life and with his ball problem that just became crazy from not being good at anything uh when you know he's he had all this pressure i guess I'm going to give him a five as well for killing the <laughs> David Schultz his training friend and being abusive, but also yes, in any other circumstances, his uh, mental and addiction problems, I believe, would have been dealt with. Even the Kennedy family had the wherewithal to get uh, Rosemary Kennedy uh, lobotomy. So it is possible <laughs> for wealthy families to deal with their relatives' mental illness. Um, Although those lobotomies aren't good, I read they're about not them. good, they, and they we don't. No, they're they kind of very passe yeah. now. They just made you, yeah. they just made you like. Uh, yeah. Which helps. Yes. Which helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps you. Um, but yeah, tragic story all around. And uh, but would I trade everything to have his life? Yes, I would. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I would love illness, to have Michael. Yes. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> I would love to have a den full of baby foxes that I could visit and play with. I would never oh, put a fuck. single stick of dynamite in the fox. Yeah, Jackie, he blew up fo baby foxes. I'm getting I, closer I to let, five now, yeah. listeners. I'm I wouldn't sorry. let a single <laughs> stick of dynamite near my baby fox playpen. Yeah, I believe it. I believe you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I just had too love much animals. sympathy for the early story of the lonely, the sad baby boy. boy. Yeah. yeah, you're right though. I forgot about fox explosion. Yeah, and you know what? Foxes <laughs> were the bread and butter of that dynasty for a while. So I'd say that was also really disrespectful to his family. Well, then fox maybe catcher. he was acting out. Yeah. That's a part of the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. look at this mother. How do you like your baby foxes now, mother? Yeah, the symbolism is too on the nose. You know what? He was hack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, this kind of guy couldn't grow up in Canada because uh, we have much more of a uh, sort of uh, mental health and medical infrastructure. Yeah. More rigid gun laws. Yeah. Yes, yeah, gun laws. Yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. law, just, strict laws against wrestling. He might have just driven his <laughs> snowmobile into a pond, yeah. or, something. <laughs> <laughs> or all across the pond. It could be frozen. Well, that's yeah. exactly. But like, that's really dangerous too. Yeah. Uh -huh. No. He's fine. <laughs> the thing is, is uh, we also have laws here in Canada for the international listeners. You're actually not legally allowed to pay anyone to be your friend. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of codes against Both that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bill Nerd 101. I wonder if the chauffeur's son came... <laughs> Someone paid him to go to the funeral. Just there's one person at the funeral. Yeah. Well, yeah. that Valent Valentine better have shown up to that funeral. The Bulgarian. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. might have been frightened. He body slammed the coffin <laughs> as like one last. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah his funeral, he must have been a bit like, this is terrible what you did, but also, thank you yeah. for the money. <laughs> thank you. Why are you smiling so much at the funeral? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> yeah. um. 
<laughs> well, I think that about does Bulgaria it. Bulgaria just got a few more helicopters. <laughs> 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 I think uh, I think that about does it for uh, for John Dupont, Michael. Amazing, wonderful job. research. Excellent oh, job. Thank and, you. It's uh, all Jackie, though. Jackie, great job. Thank you hey, so much for joining. Thanks for us. having me. I am obsessed with evil men. I love talking oh, about evil men. Well, nice. we would love to have you back. And uh, definitely, mm-hmm. please check out Jackie's album. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. And if you get the chance to see Jackie do stand-up, please do. Thanks. What is your what are your handles on socials? Oh, first and last name, Jackie Pirico. J-A-C-K-I-E-P-I-R-I-C-O. At in front of that. <laughs> and your album Dream Phone is available everywhere. Everywhere you wish. Okay. Wish. Excellent. Can I do something that I haven't done before? I pardon me. Sure. Um do you mind if I promote something? Uh, Highly unusual, myself. but I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's just because today I, I I made this web series with my director and editor friend uh, Derek Horn uh, about three years ago, and I made it with this production company, uh, and they they kind of it. I put so much work into it, and I thought it was really funny and fun, and they kind of. The deal wasn't that good. It kind of got buried when it went out mm. online and there's uh hard to navigate and find it. They finally allowed me to put it all up in full on my YouTube page. Nice. Okay. So it's called Learning Nature with Chris Locke and it's finally out now and I've tweeted about it. So if you're listening to this as soon as this comes out, go check it out. It's 8 episodes of me acting like a a weirdo and that goes insane. <laughs> and you're in the woods and you're sometimes not wearing a shirt. Yes. Uh, yeah, not to give it away, but I lose <laughs> sorry, my shirt. Uh, if you want to see Chris Thomas and see that hairy chest of his, yeah. you also see my butt in episode seven. Really? Whoa. Oh, I missed that. Well, well we'll put yeah, the link. Hairy. We'll put the link to it in the show notes. As well. <laughs> we'll put the link to your butt. Your butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, if you need prosthetic balls, we'll put a link to that as well. <laughs> yeah, I think you actually see my balls for a split second. Okay. Oh, wow, not cool. safe for YouTube. And my butt is an evil man. Do you think it'll get taken down? No. <laughs> it's art. It is art. All right. Well, Thanks, um, guys. let's uh, let's wrap it up. And um, thank you, everybody. Thank for, you yeah, for, for having listening. me. That was another great episode of This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 